0: you follow the the masses, sometimes the M is silent.
1: Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey, welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Terry Lepofsky, and I am grateful that you clicked on that play button today. Grab a comfy chair, turn up the volume and enjoy the next 20 minutes. We've got a cool show lined up for you with a great guest all the way from San Francisco. Mr. Joshua Miller is joining us today and we're going to tackle the topic of living authentically. Joshua Miller, welcome to the Inspiring Leaders show.
0: Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, I'm excited to have you. I got to tell you I have been absolutely impressed with the positive messages that I see you putting out there. Especially into the social media world, you're a top influencer on LinkedIn for really good reasons. It seems to me that the profile that I see on LinkedIn really is you. You practice what you preach, you live authentically. And that's what we're here to talk about today living authentically. But before we jump into that, and if you don't mind, What leader has inspired Joshua Miller and why?
0: I would say, hands down, that leader would be my father. He passed away uh, when I was only 20 years old. He was the epitome of living authentically, being self-expressed, owning his emotions, and really living life to the fullest. As I've worked with leaders from CEOs to celebrities um, for the past 20 plus years, I look at the people that I support or I coach or admire. I fundamentally think back to my father and how he was and who he was as a person. I draw so much inspiration from that man because he left such an indelible mark on not just myself and my family and my brother, but all the people in the lives that he touched. So every day I look for ways to honor him with the work that I do for myself and with other people.
1: I love your answer because I'm in the same camp. The leader who's inspired my life the most is my father too. So I think you and I have a lot in common here. Let me turn the spotlight right back on you, if you don't mind. Sure. You've had a really brilliant career as a creative director in advertising. I know that you've handled campaign strategies for Fortune 100 companies all around the globe. And these days, I don't know how you do this, but you're one of the busiest guys I've ever met. You're supporting leadership development for many of the same companies that you worked with in advertising. You are probably one of the top-ranked executive coaches in the United States. You're a public speaker. You're speaking all over the place. You are a top influencer on LinkedIn. I know that LinkedIn says that you only have 50,000 followers, but I know it's actually north of there. They just don't post it. If I understand it, you've got over 200,000 followers on LinkedIn, which is crazy. (laughs) You're a contributing writer for Thrive Global for Medium, for Inc. Magazine, and many, many others. You're the creator of the first ever life coaching app for the iPhone called My Instant Coach. You're a family guy, you're married, you got two kids living the dream out in San Francisco. Man, I don't know how you do this and manage to get it all done, but somehow you just released a brand new book that instantly went to bestseller status called I Call Bullshit, live your life, not someone else's. So have you secretly discovered how to clone yourself, Joshua? (laughs) What's your secret to all of this high-level accomplishment? And if you don't mind, drill down on this idea of living authentically and living your life and not somebody else's. You know, throw it at us here, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's not so much of a secret. It really boils down to what are you committed to having in your life? I go back to the first question you asked me, an inspiring figure or leader. One of the things that I took away from my father's passing was that time is the one thing we do not get back in life. And we all have 24 hours in the day. So if you think about time management or productivity or any of those things, it's not time. It's your relationship to time. It's how are you using the 24 hours? And that goes back to what I just said, which is commitment. I'm very clear on what I'm committed to having in my life in the areas of personal and professional gain. So for me, having it all looks like being clear on my commitments, having a support structure that I know is sufficient enough to get me over the finish line, owning my mistakes Mm -hmm. and learning from them, be relentless in my pursuit and passionate about it, and then asking for help. Ultimately, as leaders of our own lives, Our egos and our pride keep us from raising our hand and speaking up when we don't know something. So true. So what do we do? We suffer in silence. We're wasting and losing time. I'm very clear on what I'm playing for in life. And it's the same way I coach my clients. Get them crystallized on what it is that they're most passionate about and be purposeful about that. And then you can figure out how to be productive around it. For me, the productivity piece, I get a lot of questions about this. I get up at three o'clock in the morning. So the next question people say is, oh, my God, well, when do you go to sleep?
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: I go to bed usually around nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. So then the question that typically follows that is, well, is that enough sleep? You know, you're supposed to get eight hours in circadian rhythm. And I've read this book and that study in neuroscience. And what I tell people, and I said this in my book as well, it's getting eight hours of sleep is for some people fundamentally, that's what you need. But in the end, figure out what you need and then make that work for you.
1: Yeah, everybody's different, right?
0: Exactly, and that's part of what I write about in I call bullshit" in my book and living your life and not someone else's. We've been conditioned to just follow that next quick fix. It's walk on coals, it's lean in, it's lean out, it's jump up, it's sit down. And we're so quick to move to the next thing that we very rarely stop to ask ourselves, "Hey, what are we solving for? What's going to make me happy? And is this really the thing that I
1: need? So true.
0: And so my book is designed to have you stop to have you pause, and to have you start looking inside. And it really begins with asking yourself some powerful questions that we typically don't engage on a daily basis. And that's why I put 200 of them in the back of my book. And throughout my book, it's very clear. It's very applicable. When I introduce a concept around productivity or gratitude or mindset or how to create connections with friends, all of that is embedded with how to start, how to do it. That was one of the things I had to do when I created my book was make sure it was not just conceptually there, but it was applicable to anybody and everybody. So to go back to your earlier question, Mm -hmm. how do I do it? I get up at three o'clock in the morning and I'm very clear on my morning routine. And the one thing I tell people, my clients, and I again wrote in the book, the best thing you can do in the morning is take the immediate time for yourself. It's so, so critical. Before you do anything, before you check emails, before you start going on social media, do something for yourself. Get your head and your mind and your body and your spirit and your heart all aligned for you. It's really, really important because as soon as you take your eye off yourself, especially first thing in the morning, now you're thinking about other people. And that's not a bad thing, but you can't be there for other people if you're not there for yourself first. So whenever it is, get up in the morning and do something for yourself. Every morning I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I have a routine. It's very clear what I do, exercise and wellness and mind, body and spirit is very important to me. I meditate, I go to the gym, I exercise, and then I start writing, I start coaching, I start working with people. And I use my time effectively and efficiently. And that's how I'm able to get things done. And that's what I tell my clients all the time. You can have it all. You just got to figure out how to have it all.
1: And you're going to need to create that space in your life so that you can figure out what's authentically yours. Sure. And how you can have all of that, right?
0: Absolutely. I think the word authenticity has been overused and probably made too complex for a lot of people. Living authentically is about honoring yourself, Terry. Yeah. It's about recognizing who you are at your core. What makes you happy? Just start there. And we've conditioned ourselves for a variety of reasons to not start at the beginning, but start three chapters ahead. So we've already missed the beginning of how we should do something. We jump right into it. It's like stepping into a movie halfway through and expecting to understand what's going on. You're going to psychologically spend all your time trying to figure out the context. Well, why not create the context? You can. You have the time. There's no reason why you can't. Living authentically is about owning the process. It's about being true to yourself, to your passion. Not what other people tell you and not what other people think you should be doing. It's what you want to do.
1: You know, what I mentioned before, you really do come across in this authentic matter, Yeah. which I think it's the hallmark of the book. And this is why a lot of people are going to pick it up, because it's written from someone who practices what he preaches. Everything that I've ever seen from you is positive and it really speaks to this uplifting and inspiring message that I think has accounted for the amazing momentum that you seem to have out there. Over 200,000 people have connected with you on LinkedIn. Man, you are doing something right in a huge way and it's got a lot of people's attention.
0: I appreciate that. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. When it comes to leadership development and working with leaders around the world, One of the first questions I always ask them is, tell me about the biggest tragedies, the biggest misfalls that you've had in your life, and how did that impact you? And what have you learned from that? Because you can tell a lot about somebody's character, and if you want to use the word authenticity, based on the challenges that they've gone through. When I wrote my book, I was very clear that I did not want to write a puff piece. I did not want to write a book that was high in concept and low on application. Yeah, I've read those books. I have those books. I didn't want to do that people were asking me to write a book for many years. And I said, I'm not going to write a book on leadership development. I will not do that. I would sooner stop writing altogether. I want to write a book that's authentic, that's true to me. And that's why the book took probably 20 years to actually come up with. (laughs) But it took me nine and a half months to write it. It was because I was just compiling all of the emotion and all of the experiences, because that's what drove me to write an authentic book. I wanted to write a book that would connect with people, that would strike a nerve at their core and really get them to think, are they living the life that they want, that they deserve? Or are they living the life that other people have told them that they should be living? I've gotten letters and messages from people all over the world who have read my book already saying, wow, I didn't realize there's some areas in my life where I'm still unfulfilled. And now I'm going to attack those areas. Yeah, And to me, That resonates in my core, in my heart. That makes me so happy that the book could have that kind of profound impact on somebody. And that's why I wrote that book. And I would rather have that day in and day out than someone just saying, hey, great book, nice book.
1: The two things that I love the most (laughs) is, A, thank you for getting up at 3 a.m. every day. (laughs) When I first heard that, I thought, you're crazy. And then when I heard why you do it, I think you're brilliant. Because it's you, right? It's exactly what works best for you. Correct. The second thing that I noticed is this book, coming from somebody who's got such a brilliant background in coaching at the very highest levels in the biggest corporations with the highest level of executives, you write a book that's applicable to anybody, but it's probably more applicable to those people who impact the lives of others, those people leaders out there, if they're not living authentically and they're trying to be some other leader or they're trying to follow an example that isn't authentically them, wow, now we've got a whole bunch of people who are suffering under that.
0: Well, there's a lot of that. And it's not just in the corporate world. It's just in all industries. When you follow the the masses, sometimes the M is silent. (laughs) And there's a reason for that, because we get lost. We get lost in the shuffle. I spent almost 40 years of my life growing up in New York City, of all places, where all I had to do was just run around and keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. And I learned very early on that, you know, hey, you can hustle all you want, but what do you have to show for it?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I really believe that if you're going to put in the effort and the time, then make sure you know what you want to get out of it. Too many people clock in and out of their offices or their jobs. And they're just unfulfilled and they don't have to be. Yeah, There is another way to live your life. And settling is just a choice, just like having regret.
1: Okay. Now I got to ask you, when did you move from New York to California?
0: Uh, right before I turned 40. <laughs> <laughs> I was there with my wife. We we're sitting in our apartment in Manhattan and we had our first son, Charlie, named after my father, Charles. I just looked at her and I said, I don't want to turn 40 living here. We've lived through 9-11 and blackouts and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I realized at that point, living in New York City, of all places, you sacrifice so much to have a quality of life that you then convince yourself is great. And on some levels, it is. Don't get me wrong. But there's a whole other world of living by definition. In New York City, it's a tough place to carve out your little niche. So that's why they say if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And I'm grateful for having made it thus far. But right before I turned 40, I looked at my wife and said, let's move somewhere else. Yeah, they
1: should write a song about that, hey?
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) It was a no brainer because I had clients on the West Coast in Silicon Valley and they welcomed me out
1: there. So it was a good transition. I see this a lot. Folks that uh, are living in Manhattan, living in the New York area, the work ethic that you have to adopt is mind-boggling. You know, you've really got to pour yourself head and shoulders into it. And then you move that attitude and that perspective out to the West Coast where everybody's yep. kind of chill and sort of more relaxed and kicked back. I just think that this little recipe of yours of really finding exactly what fits with you, what your shoe really is and chasing that down. Yeah. More people need to really take a little bit of time out, take a look at who they authentically are, start answering questions like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What's the last time that you felt like you were lost in an activity because you enjoyed it so much? What do other people say that you're great at? These kinds of things really are important for folks.
0: Oh, absolutely. Those are the types of questions that are in my book. It doesn't take a lot. It takes just a few seconds or a minute or two every day to ask yourself one thought-provoking question that's going to start to stir something inside of you. Yeah. That's all it takes. A big part also of being successful is making sure that the people in your circle are also in your corner. I talk about this a lot because we live in a society where as many followers as you have is what the perception, the reality to to the public. How many people do you really have that you trust? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the people that you need to be successful. These are the people that aren't just going to yes you, that may actually say no to you, but it's in service of your greatness, in service of your vision and your goals. I'm a big believer that if you want to be successful, truly look at the five people you spend the most time with and ask yourself, Are those five people playing the same game at the same level that I am? And if they're not, it may be time to reevaluate who you're spending your time with, because that may be one area very specifically that's holding you back from being happy and successful. Brilliant. And I talk about this in my book. I actually call it doing a friendship audit. I do this quarterly where you actually list out all the friends in your life. You just make an exhaustive list. You put their names down next to them. Who are they for you? And what are they contributing to you, where you are, your game, and your life? And if you can't answer that, or you can clearly see that that person is playing at a different level, then you wanna reevaluate how much effort and energy you're spending on that relationship or that friendship. That's not to say you're cutting them out of your life. It's just you have to be selfish. This is one of those areas where being selfish is important because you're doing a disservice to your dreams, to your success and your happiness. If you're not surrounding yourself with people that are going to prop you up.
1: Brilliant advice on living your life and not somebody else's. This is really great. I'm glad that we had you on here to talk about this. Sure. We need to get a couple of little peeks inside of this book because I think a lot of people are definitely going to love this. They're going to pick it up. I, for one, I'm going to probably end up with about 60 copies because I want every one of my clients to have a copy of this. (laughs) I think that this is really the starting point for a lot of personal development and growth. And I've got a couple of questions for you to kind of wrap up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go for it.
1: Here's the first one. What challenges do you see facing many of today's leaders?
0: Humility. Hands down. There is an overwhelming lack of humility amongst leaders that I see. There are a few that really get it, really own it, embody it. But I think there's a huge audience and a subset of leaders that are so afraid to show their vulnerable side for fear of looking weak. Mm-hmm. That's men and women. The people that are following these leaders, it would resonate with them. I see it. When a leader really owns their inadequacies or their gaps in service of a bigger purpose, or their leadership and leading their people, it takes vulnerability, it takes humility. And when they do that, it is powerful. And I wish more leaders would do that. And I think more and more of them are starting to understand Bennet Brown's work around vulnerability. And, yeah, And there's more people that are promoting the importance of asking questions in service of your leadership and greatness but also being vulnerable yeah. and connection. So,
1: Brilliant answer. Again, your answer is foundational. Sure. Because there are so many other challenges facing people out there today. But if you don't start with something like humility, then everything else is going to be a little bit more weak in anything that you do. So love your answer on that one. Now comes my last question, which really relates to the theme of this show. What does inspired leadership mean to Joshua Miller? It means...
0: Going to bed every night, feeling whole, feeling complete, and feeling satisfied. When you do that, then most likely you lived authentically. You had an engaging, enriching day. And every day is a new opportunity to reset and restart all over again. So I would ask and invite all of your listeners to really look at every day as an opportunity to be big, to be bold, to be brave in service of your greatness and success and happiness. And then at night, really check in and ask yourself, what did you accomplish? What were you able to achieve on any level? And go to bed feeling grateful for that. That would be my answer.
1: I think that you just got a real knack of being able to put things in a way that other people can relate to them, where it resonates with others. So that is really cool perspective. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this, and I'm so glad that you are here. I'm so glad that we were able to highlight your book, I Call Bullshit, Live Your Life, Not Someone Else's.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you, Terry, for having me, and to all your listeners, please go out, get the book, read it, send me an email, let me know your thoughts. I even put in the back of my book that if you pick up the book and you find value in it, or there's an area that you want to tease out, you can write to me directly. I'll give you a complimentary 20-minute coaching session to talk about an area from the book that you're challenged with or that you're interested in working on. That's my commitment to the reader.
1: So there you guys have it. Another awesome episode of Inspiring Leaders with another fabulous guest. Here's my challenge to everybody out there listening today. Scroll down to that big old listener feedback and rating buttons. Leave a rating for us and a quick comment like Steve did on iTunes when he left us a five-star rating. Thank you, Steve. Totally appreciate it. Well, for everyone else, your perspectives count too. It helps us to find people like Joshua Miller and get great guests on our show. So let's work together to get inspired leadership out there and make it ubiquitous. Join us next week when we welcome the CEO of Topia, the amazing Bryn Kennedy, Also, another great guest from the San Francisco Bay Area. Until next time, thanks again, everybody, for subscribing. We'll talk to you all again next week. Take care and bye for now.